Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name's Dan O'Rourke, and I'm in studio with three Divine Renovation personalities. I've got Mike Tanner. Good to see you, Mike. Good to be here. Rob McDowell, Divine Renovation Coach. Good to see you, Rob. Hello, Dan. And Father James Malin. I always love being in the studio with you. It's great to be back. So look, guys, today we're talking about something that people who are listening to us are probably attuned to. We're talking to being online, and more specifically, understanding the role of, of online when it comes to, to church and to parish. So let, let, let me open it up this way with you, Rob. What role does or should uh, online church play in the life of the church? Yeah, it's a it's a fun debate like uh, that they have today is, can, can you have church online and only online a lot of times? And for me, I think online today has to be an indispensable tool in the church, but it's not the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I think at, at the root of what it means to be the church, we have an incarnational theology, yeah. right? And I think we have to recognize that that, that means that we are in, in the presence of each other in, in certain environments. But I think at the same time, uh, it can be a, an indispensable tool to help connect people, help people identify what your community is like, and as, a, and as a way, but not a replacement, to connect with people in between gatherings as well. You know, And I think in certain situations, whether people are away or sometimes due to illness, I think it's a, it, it's a great tool that can help mm. foster relationship, but I don't, I'm, I, I don't think it can replace relationship. Yeah. And so that's kind of my fundamental, and there's lots of people that would argue and disagree with that. <laughs> You really, the people who would actually disagree with that. that yeah, there's somehow a, I, uh, someone could live even from a non-Catholic perspective, because obviously, uh, as Catholics fundamentally, there's the, there are the sacraments which mm-hmm. you can't experience online. Uh, you've got to be there in in person. But even even non-Catholic tr- traditions that would be word-based only, um, some would make a case that that you actually that's all you you would need. Yeah, I mean, hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is one of the, the 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 debates today is online church church, right? And there are some people that double down uh, on. But the surely whole they would believe that the ultimate, the end game is to bring people into real living community with one another. I wonder if the biggest part of the conversation is could online church replace versus should? Like, I think part of it is 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 a an understanding of where we're at society wise, and and I think to a certain extent a I think if you view it too much of that as, oh, we'll just do it online, I, I think you're caving in a way that you for sure should not in, in the way we look at church and the way we think about church. But I can absolutely think, I can see the reasons, and I've actually seen this debate online as well, is like we can do church just online. Um, I think the thought process is, is flawed in that, in that it's an amazing tool. There's absolutely every reason we should do it. It's something else. It's not the thing. Is, is my personal opinion on it? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and but let's go back to before online was an issue and the ever popular 1980s TV evangelist. And how often did I hear growing up say, "Well, I don't need to go to church. I just watch on Sunday morning, whoever yeah. they choose." Right. So I, I yeah, think, but I think most church leaders would probably have not agreed with that. Right. They would have they would have said that okay, that there's a there's a um, some similarity, there's some uh, something that overlaps with that experience that is similar to authentic community and, and belonging to a church, but it it can't, it's not equivocal. Yeah, but I, I would say probably back then it was uh, true, but I would say now I, I I bet there's people that argue and double down because you know I uh, I don't have to go to a store anymore. I can get everything I want online. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to 
to a school, any physical school anywhere. I can get my education online. So why should I have to go to a church building to get my church community and anymore? And you're starting presumption, and I know that it's great having this conversation because <laughs> I know that you totally agree with me. If you're starting <laughs> presumption around church is simply I'm a consumer, then you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. If, if church is just about yeah. getting, and especially if you come from a completely word-based tr- tradition without sacrament, then there is no argument yeah. to that. If, mm-hmm. if I'm simply to be re- to listen to good music or or and to receive a message, then you're absolutely right. But if, the argu- that's all church is. But the argument is now, and this isn't true for me, but it'd be true for my kids' generation. They live out most of their relationships now through technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so I think than at its core, the question then becomes, are, are Facebook friends real friends and are online parishioners real parishioners? I would say not really. I, I, would, say, I would say to some degree there is a degree to it. I mean, part of the whole thing is now some of the studies that are coming out is, is that as, as connected a generation as, as, the, as the, the younger generation is, is actually in a very fun foundational level disconnected. There's 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 a, there's a great loneliness because part of so much of our online presence is censored, mm. and so mm. the question is who who am I authentically myself with? I mean, most people who who take selfies and put them on social media, they're taking at least five or six and choosing the right one, the one that makes them look good, looks the best. I mean, there's this filtering censoring process that happens. Yeah, but but don't we do the same thing when we go to church? Don't we censor what we do? And we're like, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like we okay. censor, like, so I mean, yeah, to some so degree, I think that, to some degree. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a fair point. I mean, I mean, there, there, there's various ways that we can wear masks. Yeah. Right. But I yeah. think that the, the layer of masking is, 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 is much deeper uh, when we're hiding behind a firewall of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think just fundamentally, like we live in a world where in, a lot of different traditions we've thrown out a lot of our theologies around stuff and i think all you have to do is just throw out your theology of your what what your ecclesiology is right throw out as in discard yeah, or, yeah. or propose yeah or get well get rid of or change or, get, get or redefine of, yeah, or yeah. you know what whatever it is and, you know and so i think this is the this is the temptation because i don't feel that we should obviously avoid all these things because they could take us down the wrong no, path no i i think i think miso- our missiology that is our theology of mission grows out of our ecclesiology but as soon as we start allowing our ecclesiology to grow out of our missiology i think we can be in trouble because the way of 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 catching fish in a sense is 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 not the same way as being a flock you know in a sense so the the way to the way to evangelize the way to make disciples is not equivocal to what it means to be a disciple and to live as disciples yeah. they're, they're they're two distinct things and so we you might um your particular methodology and i, I see this happening in, in some church circles not so much in the in the catholic tradition but i was at a conference not so long ago when I was in a small group discussion, and I love going and hanging out with the folks from different traditions because I always believe we've got, as Catholics, we get so much to learn, and I'm eager to learn. But I was in a conversation in the small group with uh, with some guys who had started a church to reach university students. But in their theology, they came from a tradition where their missiology, their theology of mission, shaped their ecclesiologies. For them, the only purpose, the primary purpose of Sunday morning was evangelization. Mm. And they used a model of evangelization that as I listened to their discussion, they were saying, it's not working anymore the way it used to. 
Mm. And one of them actually said, we're actually thinking about, should we even bother meeting on Sunday mornings anymore? And I remember thinking, whoa, wow, that, that is crazy. And it, but when I look at their starting point, it kind of makes sense because their starting point is that Sunday morning is not the church at worship, it's the church evangelizing. Mm-hmm. And if, and if it's, it's no longer working anymore, then we need to change and try something else. Mm. But what's missing is the fact that the Lord's Day from earliest time is, is the church gathered to mm. worship. So there's an example where your, your missiology leads you to throw out your ecclesiology, I think. So I'm hearing that I got three Luddites at the table here that are basically anti-online. Is that right? Absolutely not. Hmm. No. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's such a, we have to understand where we are at. Both, we have to understand both the negatives and the positives of where we're at. We're, we're in a place where I think our relationships, are, we have way more of them and they're all incredibly shallow. I mean, my kids make fun all the time is I'll, I'll see someone in public that I know from Twitter or that I know from Instagram and I'll say, that's my friend. And they'll say, what do you mean? It's your friend. And I'm like, well, I like their photos of their cat. I don't, I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I talk to them once in a while. Like, so, so those friendships, a lot of them are very, very shallow, but we also have to recognize that this is a tool and, and we were, call, we've been called to use every tool at our disposal Absolutely. in order to reach people. And so it cannot be, we, we're, we're not told you can use these tools and replace everything that we have with the church. What you're told right. is we can use these tools to reach people. And if we can reach people by being online, why would we not be online? I totally agree. I mean, the, the point is, is to reach people, to draw people in, not mm. just simply to reach people, to create this, um, this semi-Christian uh, community out there mm-hmm. in, 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 a, in the di- digital world, mm. uh, but ultimately to, 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 to bring people in. And I think that, if St. Paul was alive today, he would be he would be online. Uh, gatherings would be online. He'd be on Twitter. He'd be on Facebook. He'd be using all of these means. I mean, mm-hmm. he said, "I you know I become everything, you know, all things to all people in order that some may be saved." And mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> the whole question of of being online it's a non issue. It's a non issue. We are called to be a missionary church. You darn well better be online. Yeah, that's but it's not going to replace church. No, no, no. But but for me, it's absolutely the point is. That's where people are. Yes. We're not called to say, okay, come here. We're called to be sent out. That's so right. we are going out to those places, making those connections, and then and then building relationships in whatever way we possibly can, with the ultimate purpose always being introduce you to Jesus Christ and, and have you have you have so that start that relationship. And I, that that for some people begins online. So Mike, I you know, I've uh, I've seen some church websites before. Uh, you've seen some church websites before. They come in a variety of flavors. Uh, let, 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 let's talk about some of the key points online that actually matter. So, like, what what are the spaces that we need to be online, and then and then how do we how do we inhabit those spaces well? I think one of the things that a lot of people that a lot of parishes do really wrong is they they very well meant, very well intended. They think I'll get some information, I'll get some data around this. So they'll send out a survey to all the people that are in their parish, and they'll say how many of you are on Facebook. Or how many of you are on Twitter? How many of you are on Instagram? And if they get a low number on one of those, they go, see, there's no reason for us to be on Instagram because none of you are on Instagram. And that is a just fundamentally (laughs) flawed concept. The idea is everyone in this little circle is not there, so we don't have to go there. Again, yeah, it's it's the starting point is what what orientation are you using these tools for? Is to reach people you don't have or is it simply to serve and inform the people you do have? For me, if, if I'm going to a church website, I I might be going there to find out what time the mass is, and it's important to know what time the mass is. That's fine. But I might also be going there to get a sense of 
who that church is, who the people are, what the experience is in a big way. And so when I go to to parish websites and I see videos of people, I get to see a testimony, I get to see certain things, that actually makes me want to engage with that church. If I go to SPP's website, St. Benedict Parish, and I have an opportunity to click on the live stream, that's a huge thing for me that I get to taste before I actually go I all the way. A, a few years ago, I was speaking with a leader at a, at a diocese, and their diocese had actually done something pretty, pretty cool. They, they had engaged all their parishes and said, we're going to, uh, from as a diocese, help you um, launch a website from one coordinated platform. Uh, and, and so there'll be, there'll be an interconnection with the different mm-hmm. websites. And it sounded really, really cool. And I asked this person the question, I said, and so who's the primary customer? Is it, is it, is it for you to serve your parishioners or to reach people outside the church? And there was silence. Mm. And he said, he said, we actually, we, we never even thought of that. Mm. Like, who's your customer? Yeah. Who's your primary customer? This goes back to the, the, the distinction that we often make in our definitions of maintenance and mission. Remember, maintenance it's not maintaining buildings, it's maintaining the flock. It's mm-hmm. not maintenance or mission. It's not mm-hmm. one or the other. We're charged by the Lord to maintain the flock. Mm-hmm. It's part of past, that's pastoral care. Yeah. Uh, but maintenance means that our primary, our primary orientation is to is to leave mm-hmm. the ninety nine to go in search of the, those on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's to is to is to reach those on the outside. And in most cases, if you do that, you also are able to care for the flock. But what's your what's your primary purpose? for your online presence. Well, it's the phrase that we've used here, I think, on other podcasts. We've talked about some of this stuff. Your new front door is your online presence, mm-hmm. right? Like the first impression you're going to make with people is online before they ever set foot in your property. You know, websites, pictures, live stream, all, mm-hmm. of, all of that sort of stuff, your social media. You know, I mean, like where, where do we go now in, in society, any business, any restaurant, any location, where we don't check it online first, including yep. churches. You know, well, one of the one of the things that I, I and I really this is a <laughs> the most practical advice I can give to a parish that's working on a website or a diocese that's working on the website. Eighty percent of web traffic is on a is on a mobile phone now. Eighty percent of web traffic web traffic is on a smartphone. Yep. If I have to like pinch and zoom on your website to read anything, you've you've messed up. You've made a grave mistake because if I'm in a neighborhood and I want to look up and find, oh, what's the parish this? I'm not going to my desktop computer or even my laptop in most cases and looking it up. I'm picking up my phone because, actually, I'm not even picking up my phone. Who am I kidding? My phone's in my hand. It's been in my hand the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, but, but I'm using my phone and I'm looking for it. So when I see parishes that don't embrace that, I just think what a, what a missed opportunity because if, if I look at a website and I can't view it on my phone, I might remember it later. Or I might send it to myself, but I also might go, Oh, that restaurant's menu is in is so small I can't read it. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? And I'm I'm just going to move on to the next thing. And and we can't allow we cannot allow people to we can't we can't have misses like that. Mm-hmm. We just can't. But Rob, like at, at most parishes, you've got priests, you've got uh, lay leaders, and 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 sometimes staff, all of whom are busy, all of whom are spread across a million different things. Why? Why are you Why are you telling me it's important to make time for this? Well, you know, I think back. Uh, Kerry Newhoff asked the question all the time in, in talking about this, where he said, um, you know, do, does online church matter? And he said, go to Sears and ask Sears if Amazon matters. Mm. <laughs> right? 
And so we have to understand the importance that this is playing in church today because we can sit back and say it's wrong or we shouldn't do it or it's a waste of time. This is how people are influenced today. That's right. This is how people connect today. And so we have to understand it and, and position it properly, which I think we've talked about already. But it has to be a key key piece moving forward. You know, like I'm sure probably at one time there was a place outside of churches where you could hit your horse because you probably rode to church, right? And at some point, someone had the conversation, should we stop putting, you know, <laughs> things outside the, the church where people can tie their horses up? Why? Because they're driving cars now, right? Like, I see this as just as fundamental in the fact that we have to pivot because culture is pivoting in this way, and I think we have to be proactive with it and position it right and use it and not not ignore it. And so it's this is definitely going to be the way that we influence. It's the way we're going to continue to be the church. Yeah, and I think, too, that that idea of, of the, your digital platform as being your front door and not the inside view is, mm-hmm. is key. I remember when we when I first came to St. Benedict Parish, there was uh, a wonderful, uh, generous man who was who c- created and maintained the website uh, as a as a volunteer. But it it was for insiders. I mean, the the. The, the front page you arrived at was was looked like a traditional church bulletin with about 500 points of information assaulting my senses, including a whole bunch of animated GIFs all over the place. <laughs> and, and when we did do a, a whole rewriting and, and restructuring of our website, it was totally primarily to reach the person on the outside. And I remember some of the feedback we got from parishioners was, I can't find the Eucharistic minister schedule anymore. I can't find the lector schedule. I can't find this schedule or that schedule. And, and it's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's not there anymore because that's that's clutter and it's not mm. what the purpose of the website is. The website is not to serve insiders. It's to it's to reach the world. It's a, it's mm. a, it's our front step. Well, and in the case of St. Benedict, I mean, you sort of said, if we're busy, why bother? Is there one person that's going to work for? And 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 the the answer is it is. There's a there's a story at Saint Benedict of someone who moved to Halifax and started looking around at churches. And so they're looking at websites and stuff, and they go to Saint Benedict's website and they see that there's a live stream. So their first thing is I can take a look before I ever have to walk in. I can see if it's hospitable. I can see if it's the the things I want in a church. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well they run Alpha. Okay. Well now I can experience. I can sort of start to interface with the community in a certain way and you continue to go through that and and they went through all of the all of the steps and all of the things that are involved in becoming a part of the church community and the fact of the matter is if you can do it for one person why are you not doing it now you also have incredibly gifted people in your parish that we we always you know you can't rely on these people that are going to do these things you have to say do we have talented people within our parish that are willing to help us out with these things? You may or may not have the money to invest, but invest in the people in your parish, and they'll invest back in that in that uh, in that community. Yeah. And I just think it's it's a miss if we if we don't do and, those things. And I think there's other things that we can do. We talk about the first impression and, and how it connects people. I think there are other ways that we can enhance community. Like for example, we have a lot of people to get to the point where they physically can't get to mass anymore. Yeah. Right, uh, and so they benefit greatly from live stream. People that mm-hmm. travel, things like that. I think of uh, one online small group that was started in another church, but it's it's led by someone that physically can't get to church, mm-hmm. and so for them, they're now they're now doing an online Bible study. 
it, uh, it, it is a great way where you've got a tool like Livestream, which can s serve to reach the person on the outside mm -hmm. as they can get a, a glimpse in what happens mm -hmm. within, but also does serve your members in yeah. that, uh, you know, for a whole week, we have the whole mass up. Uh, mm -hmm. And then because of the licensing for the music, we just we have to reduce it to just the homily. But basically, we have three years of homilies mm -hmm. up on the website. You can go back and look. You can you can send out links to everyone. <clears throat> if you're traveling in a way, we've got a lot of people who, when they travel, they'll go to mass in that local town and then they'll come home and watch the live stream because right. it's it's like the family. They're away from the family and they really enjoy it. Uh, so it, it or people who are homesick, you know, the kids are all sick and go and have the flu and everyone's got everyone's sick. We've heard numerous accounts of entire families who have got the flu staying home and putting the, the live stream up on TV yeah. and, 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 and joining in prayer with us. I can remember when, uh, when AJ Thomas, who's been a, a guest on this podcast a, a few times before, of course, he's a Wesleyan pastor. And uh, I remember when he launched his live stream, one of the things he said is he wanted the quality to be uh, quality to be bad enough that you wanted to come and get the real thing, but good enough that you were interested when hang in there. <laughs> I appreciated that kind of perspective. Uh, well, Father James, with you, because I mean, you, you're, you're the one who launched the live stream at, at St. Benedict Parish. I mean, you were in Instrumental in that, I'll understand what your vision is for how to do that well. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, number one, I was just convicted that that we ought to do live stream, but you've got to give people the opportunity to have a peek inside. It's also a great way to, you know, to reach your parishioners who might not be there in any given weekend. And the fact that it's it's an imperative to do this. And the means to do it have never been easier. I mean, effectively, mm -hmm. what we do now, um, in a sense, broadcast a high-quality, multi-camera, multi-angle, highly produced live stream all over the world. You know, 20 years ago, you would have had to have invested hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this, plus have all the, the satellite uplinks and all of this kind, kind of stuff. Um, remember... Uh, Two years ago, when we were in Germany, this lady came up to me when we were signing mm -hmm. books, and she said, "Oh, I'm a, I'm one of your parishioners," and she was from Latvia. She said, "I watch every single week. Uh, I'm a, I consider myself a member of Saint Benedict Parish." Did she and give? I didn't, I didn't ask her. <laughs> but one of one of the reasons there was that sense of we ought to do this, and also to be honest, I really had a sense that if we start doing this we can inspire others to start doing it because it ought to become a norm. So what did we do? Um, first of all, I wanted to be able to do it in a way that was not intrusive to the liturgy. Mm -hmm. So that meant fixed cameras, and we have four fixed cameras that are in the back wall. So when you come into our church, you don't even, unless you're looking, you don't even see them. Yeah. And these cameras are remote controlled, and each camera has about 12 preset uh, positions so that you can cycle through them and there's a preview screen and there's also a um, a joystick that you can actually zoom in much cl closer if you want but it, it enables us to to do like you know if you watch it it varies on who's operating the system mm -hmm. because we have volunteers and and but the goal is you know every four or five seconds sometimes a bit longer you've got a different camera angle yeah. the camera angles are changing so there's because when we consume uh, visual media like that on television, movies. Watch the next time you're watching TV. Count how many seconds before the camera angle changes. It's like 
some TV shows a second and a half or two seconds. Switch, switch. Same most with movies, this podcast. Are two, two and a half second yeah. switches. And you don't notice that until you're paying attention. <laughs> That's and right. then you go, oh. And okay. so we need to, you know, if you're going to meet people. I'm laughing because I, I, you guys aren't watching the reference monitors, but the production team is flipping from screen to screen really quickly right now. <laughs> yes. So those who are watching, you'll be getting but the this full This is effect. really good because th- this is what we're used to, right? And, and so frequent changes, uh, good audio. Yeah. And that's always a bit of a, 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 that was always a challenge for us because the cameras were a particular expense and we added them a couple at a time and we had to get a computer and we, we had the ability to actually stream in high def. Uh, the audio side of things was, mm. I remember when we were first struggling with the quality of the audio for the live stream and to get the right hardware to make it happen was going to cost like an extra $30,000 and we did not have that money. Mm. But I remember this time we came up with a, a bit of a shortcut and we played around with trying to get a balance between the band uh, mm-hmm. and sounding good into the system and, and avoiding the sense that it sounds like the only people singing are the band because you can't actually hear the, the, the parishioners sing. Right. And at the 9 a.m. mass, the volume of congregational singing is very, very high. But mm-hmm. anyway, we played around with those things to try to get audio right. We used to say in production world that audio is 80% of video. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. having good video is not enough. Yeah. So, I mean, in one sense, you could say, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Or as, as AJ said, we want it to be good enough to grab your attention, but bad enough to invite you to, to actually come in person. But I think doing, doing it fairly well today is not as much of a stretch. Yeah. And I would really encourage parishes to, to aim for that higher production, yeah. to preserve the integrity of the liturgy. It's very easy to get these automated cameras uh, that 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 are non-intrusive, and you, you can still get a pretty good. Yeah, we don't uh, want drones point. flying over the over the altar as we're as we're doing it because you could do that. But please, please, pretty, if you're listening, cool. now that you've said it, cool. actually, now that okay. I kind of do All want right. drones, yeah, you know, <laughs> you do want drones. It might be a bit distracting. Super quiet you, ones, you also want to be able to feed it if you've got screens yeah. that you're using in, in homilies and for hymns and such. You want to be able to uh, bring that as a, in, as a feed into, into your mix as well. Yeah, to, to me, it's just, I mean, the overall conversation just comes around the idea of like, we have tools at our disposal. If we are not using them, we are failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that's, that's it for yeah, me. Yeah, and I think that St. Benedict Parish, I mean, we've got, in our, in our context of Eastern Canada, we're a big parish, mm-hmm. but, you know, we get parishes in Texas that make us look like minnows. You know, we're a weekend attendance of about 1,500 people, but there are parishes in other parts of Canada and in the United States that are way, way bigger than yep. us. And and so I like to say, hey, if, if we little minnows in Halifax can do this, and, you know, I think it's done fairly yeah. well, yeah. please it, go do it too. Do, yeah, but do it as well. In the non-Catholic world, it's not uncommon to see churches with 100 or 200 people weekend attendance doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they might not have... Four cameras, they might have two. They yep. might, you know, some of those things. So to your point, Mike, it, it's doable for all sizes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's time for us to stop, I think, really stop making excuses about this because every parish you've got gifts in the community, people who are willing and interested to do this kind of stuff. Some of our camera operators who operate the system are teenagers. They love doing it. And yeah. not only do they love it, they're really good at it. Yeah. So for those pastors and, and, and other uh, priests that might be listening, uh, we, we've talked about a bunch of things. We've talked about website, we've talked a little bit about social, talked a little bit about um, about live streaming. What what advice would you give them? Because some of them are already engaged in some of this. Some of them have, haven't taken some of these steps before. But let, make it practical. What, what do you guys say they should be doing next? I'd say the first step is to make sure that you have a, a website that yes. connects yeah. with and interacts with people 
who are new to the church. Yep. That would be the first step. Or yeah. up, update your website. That, so that it acknowledge does that. your website is actually acknowledging that there might be people looking at this who are not members of a church, not members of your church, yeah. that it's high welcoming and it, and it gives a clear sense of what a next step might be and also gives an, a, a description of, of what they, they can expect if they come to church. Yeah, it, for me, it's, a, it's the same thing. It's for sure the website and, and it is, it's those two combinations. There has to be a next thing. It can't just be, that's a nice website. That place looks great. What do I do now? What do we do now? You have to give them things that they can actually do now to, to become involved. And whether whether that's alpha or whether that's some community events or something you're doing, but give people a reason to to do the next thing and, and people will people will come. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun having this conversation. And so if you've been with us, hopefully you're going back to look at your church website right now and, and explore whether or not it's, it's living up to some of the things that we talked about. And if not, maybe it's time to do something about it. We look to being with you again next week. God bless. Thanks so much for listening. If you're excited for more content, check out Unlocking Your Parish, Making Disciples and Raising Up Leaders Through Alpha by Ron Hunley and Father James Mallon. For more information on all of our books, check out the link in the description below.